us, but let's welcome in, with great respect to yourself, of course, Troy, but let's welcome in the most important man of the Meadows, the CEO, Ash Baker, who joins us once again here on Midweek Meadows. Ash, welcome back. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on, guys. A very, very good time of year of racing, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic when you... You tie in all three codes. There's some feature racing going on somewhere uh, around Australasia at the moment. It's um, it's a good time to be alive. Ash, Troy here, mate. Uh, not sure where to start with this conversation, but let's look back at Monday. Uh, look, the weather was perfect. We couldn't have crowds. Uh, we saw two amazing box draws get done, two amazing races, one Group 1 Hume Cup and one Group 3 uh, Silver Bullet. Just an incredible night of racing, wasn't it? Oh, it was fantastic, Troy. Um, I think I've been listening to the program um, as I've been on and, on and off phone calls today, but I think you mentioned about the fact that um, it was almost a little bit of an eerie sort of sense there, having such a beautiful evening uh, with no patrons on course. But the, the participants and those of us that were there were, were certainly up and about, and, and that's what this time of year and these good races uh, do to you, I think. They just give you plenty of energy. It truly did, and uh, we saw Brett Nye, obviously a young trainer, take out his first Group 1 uh, as a trainer. The emotion that was around, I think had a crowd been on course, it would have been a very, very uh, emotional crowd itself as well, I think. Um, a lot of people know Brett in the industry and mm. would, would have been very happy for him to won that race. Uh, and then we saw, obviously, the Silver Bullet. Uh, you know, Lucky's boy, he just blitzed out the lids, ran amazing sectionals, and uh, Hostile Rico was just uh, never in doubt once he hit the, hit the arm. And uh, Lucky as well showed plenty of emotion. So it's one of those things where the night was quiet but very emotional in, in a happy way as well. Oh, ab- absolutely. You know, like they're two very uh, different men emotionally, Brett and, and Lucky, and one's very uh, an- animated and the other one is probably a little bit reserved. And it was um, it's a shame we didn't have the public there be able to see both those stories being... Uh, well, both those stories unfold on, on Monday night. But, um, look, like you mentioned before, we've, we've got good coverage through our uh, digital platforms and through Sky Racing, and hopefully we brought as much of that emotion to people's land rooms as we could i guess absolutely look uh the sky and we had the, the social media so mm. we're trying to cover it from all angles uh we moved from that meeting now ash across to saturday night as we said two amazing fields brought together here the top gun the group one top gun and the group one tab top gun stayers uh over the 725 uh look the people that were on course, the participants, I think they were all eagerly awaiting the box draw on, on Monday. Uh, we all wanted to see how that panned out. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, two fantastic races. Um, it was interesting. I think there's a photo on one of our social media channels that uh, someone must have captured with all the participants sort of huddling around the back of the set there at Sky. We <laughs> we thought we would just uh, do that up on the Sky set and sort of out of the way, but we ended up having a bit of a crowd and it was uh, it was an interesting little process. But I think the box draw for the, the sprinters in particular is um, is an interesting one. You've got, you know, probably the two class dogs in the the red and the pink, and and then you throw in you throw in Catch the Thief and Shimmer Shine, and I think one of those four will win. It's just a matter of uh, what happens in that first section and and who gets across cleanly. And um, I think, like David said, I, I was a little bit concerned when I saw the the pink for Simon Told Hallam, um, having seen what happened last year in such a competitive Top Gun. Um, with that uh, first corner tightness, but uh, look, he he seems to think he'll get clean air out there, and if he if he bursts from the boxes like he does, well, then it could be all over by the time they cross the uh, 
winning post the first time. Ash Baker, the CEO of the Meadows, joining us here on Midweek Meadows on SEN Track. Ash, yesterday, obviously, with the Melbourne Cup in thoroughbred racing, so much of the interest in the race was around the internationals and what they could offer. A different version in the Top Gun in many ways with the, the interstate dogs that are involved in this race as well. Obviously not on the same international scale, but are you finding Australia-wide interest in this race because of O'Mickey and because of Tommy Shelby in particular? Absolutely, Jack. Like I'm relatively new to the industry. I've, I have a thoroughbred background. I've been in the ground racing industry for 18 months or so now. And, and as a keen fan of the sport, I always remembered the Top Gun at this time of year because it it kind of slotted in nicely with the thoroughbred spring carnival. But having now been involved in the process, I um I must admit it surprised me about how much prestigious the participants take in just getting an invitation to nominate alone. Um, not just making the field, but actually, you know, by our club inviting them to nominate their dog to even be considered is, is such a huge honour. And um, it's a really prestigious race. And this year's been really different because of COVID. Um, some of those dogs from interstate have had to come by road this year, whereas otherwise they might have flown over. Um, we, we know Tommy Shelby's come from WA, but he's contested the Million Dollar Chase and a, a few of those other races. So he's sort of been on the road for some time. But it, it, that sort of logistic, the logistic complexities can make it a little bit problematic when you're trying to select the final field because you do want to make sure that the Greyhound can actually get to Melbourne. Mm. It's interesting, Jack. Um, you asked about, obviously, the internationals. And uh, going back a number of years ago now, and I'm, I'm talking quite a while ago, we actually had international Greyhounds come across and race in the Top Gun. Oh, there you go. Uh, the, the problem being is that the quarantine restrictions on Greyhounds make it... Obviously, they only have a couple of years of racing span and the quarantine levels that they have to do to go in and out of the country... Takes up too much time. ...is very yeah. difficult, and, and that's where it becomes difficult. If we can ever sort that issue out, mm. uh, I reckon it would be fantastic to see UK and English and, and Irish and even the American dogs come over and with the New Zealanders um, and see a truly international-type race. It would, be, it would be good, yeah. It would be very interesting and it would How create a the lot... meadows, of course. Absolutely, <laughs> and it would create a lot of international buzz because there's a lot of people that now are starting with the internet to get really focused on what Melbourne racing is all about. Um, Ash, talk us about what's going to happen on Saturday night Obviously, Bon, uh, Jason Bonington and myself are going to go head to head on the tipping on our socials. Uh, we're also going to have Sky coverage. Uh, that, what are you looking forward to most on on Saturday night? Is it the racing? Is it any particular dogs, or is it uh, just uh, seeing how these races unfold? Oh, look, the the two the sprint race. I mean, both those races are fantastic. But I, I really, after seeing what we saw on Monday night in the Silver Bullet, I. I really cannot wait for the Top Gun Sprinters because I think it's um, it's probably the most anticipated race of the year, to be honest, as it was last year, I would say. So, uh, look, we've got lots going on, Troy. Like you said, you've, we, our, our social media um, channels will be well covered. Um, we've also got um, yeah, Jason and yourself on track with the little tipping competition. We'll be running a Facebook Live program, uh, which will directly feed into our Watchdog app, uh, which will give sort of the, those digital viewers an opportunity to link in with a bit more of the Meadow-centric type um, uh, medium. And then we'll, um, we'll have our full Sky coverage as well through uh, Sky 1 and Sky 2. A little tipping competition. Mate, there's, there's pride on the line He's here. He's building it up to be a bit more than that. I'll give you the tip, Ash. Some has got a few more priorities to concentrate on than tipping, mate. Um, <laughs> no, nah, absolutely. I agree completely. But as a side I thing, I'm looking forward to it. around it. No, there's none, to be honest. It's just a pride from my perspective. Uh, I'm never going to live it down if I get beaten. But the race itself is huge. It, it is a big deal, really, in the greyhound world. Um, I joke about that when I say that yeah. tipping comp, but the, the actual races and night, what this means to participants, what it means to actually be in the race, what it means if you win it, 
is just huge. It is called the Cox Plate of Greyhound Racing quite often. Um, it's just a fantastic race, and uh, as a Meadows, we're, fan- we're thrilled to be able to have the race and, and do the race every year. Ash, just before we let you go, 2020 has presented so many challenges for, for not just the industry, but for businesses in general, as we well know. A lot of businesses are learning more about themselves all the time and, and trying to come out of COVID better. Is there something that you think the Meadows as, as a, an entertainment facility, but even Greyhound Racing as a sport, is there something we've learned about ourselves this year that we can take into the future? I think there's a few things, Jack. Oh, look, we could probably talk for ages about it, but I think one of the biggest learnings for us as a club and, and as an industry is that we've got some great digital assets there that we need to use and leverage our our product off because I think I read an article this morning about the fact that there, there was a huge shift in Melbourne Cup wagering towards a digital platform yesterday, mm-hmm. even though the retail venues were open. And, and I think that's going to be similar for, for them. That's the challenge for us on track to bring patrons back is how do we link in and on course experience that might also include some sort of digital interaction. So um, whereas traditionally it's about having the event and, and running running sort of the event activations on track, I think it's now really important to to cover the digital space and, and that's been a big learning curve this year. And long may it continue, I reckon, as we continue to expand. Ash, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, good luck for everything that's happening Saturday night. Albeit we can't have people there, but it's still going to be a wonderful, wonderful night. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on.